Welcome to I Can't Fucks With You, Confessions of an Uppity Black Woman, where I, Osado, walk you through all the things I no longer fucks with once I have fully accepted my role as an uppity black woman in America. And what is an uppity black woman, you may ask? A uppity black woman is a woman who has invested in herself, yet the world tells her she is nothing. The world wants her to behave as if she has not invested in herself. And she says, guess what? I can't fucks with this no more. So if you are an uppity black woman or you are curious as to what uppity black women think about, this show is for you. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Before we jump in today, I just want to stop and reflect because oftentimes uppity black women, because we ain't regular bitches and we think everybody operates the way that we do, we don't stop and reflect and tell ourselves, good job. We don't do that enough. So I am stopping and reflecting and telling myself, good job, because this is episode 10. This is episode 10, and I am so excited about it because. This podcast started really from me sitting in my kitchen and hitting record on my iPhone. And now here we are at episode 10. And I think about all the beautiful creations, the uppity Black women in my life I know are sitting on. I know so many black women sitting on these gold mines. I mean, gold mines of creativity, gold mines of brilliance, just things that could only spawn from their own beautiful minds. And we don't spend time on these things. I mean, these crafts that we are just so good at. I've always seen myself as a comedian. Even when I do my like healthcare regulatory compliance technical conference presentations in front of these really large white audiences, I always have found myself to inject humor into those conversations. And it just comes really natural to me doing storytelling and just presentation. And I love it and I'm good at it. And it's almost effortless for me. And to be here at episode 10, I mean, I just want to give a shout out to my steady listeners, my steady listeners. And it's beautiful to see where you guys are listening from. You know, my tri-state area folks, y'all, you know, I'm in Jersey, but my tri-state area folks, y'all come in strong. So my my New Yorkers, right? My folks in Jersey, Miami, y'all showing up. Hello, Miami. I don't know who introduced you to Osato, but the folks in Miami, The folks out in California, thank you so much for listening. You know, every once in a while I get the random, like, Idaho. I'm like, who is in Idaho? Who listening to I Can't Fucks With You over in Idaho, you know? But hello, Idaho. My international sisters, I've seen Denmark. I've seen Germany. I've seen Barbados, Australia. So it is just, it's so exciting. It is so exciting. And I I just wanted to take a moment and reflect on that. And because I believe everything in life could be tied to a Jay-Z lyric, there's a song by the Carters, you know, so both Jay-Z and Beyonce, the song Black Effect. And you know, that line Jay-Z says, he says, started as as a mustard seed. Now we're sitting in a gray 9-11 with mustard seats. And it's like, yes, 
That's what it is. It starts from a mustard seed and then we nurture it. We nurture it. We're consistently consistent and who knows what blooms from there. And so for that reason, I encourage my uppity black women, those gold mines that you are setting on, those gold mines that you are setting on, nurture them. Nurture them. Nurture them. The world is waiting for you. We can't wait to hear from you. We can't wait to see you. Set that shit fucking free. Set it free. Set it free. So I love you all for listening. I look forward to whatever comes next, you know, but I'm here for it. The uppity fucking black woman is here for it. And I sit and reflect on All of the events of the last year, I mean, 2022 was, that was a fucking ride. What the fuck? And today is March 11th. Tomorrow will be March 12th. And tomorrow officially is my birthday. And I always like to say I get into my maturities, right? So as I get into my maturities, I'm about to turn 42 in about four hours And turning 42, I mean, this was a transformational year for me. The beginning of the year started really crazy. You've heard me talk about, you know, my best friend Janine that died in the early part of 2022. And her birthday actually was yesterday. And, you know, she would have been 43, a fucking baby. And... Prior to her death, you know, the unfolding of Osado has been happening over, I would say, the last seven years. You know, really the crumbling of my marriage precipitated a significant amount of the changes that you see now, you know, because it was such a shakeup in terms of like my inner, what I thought my inner foundation was. Because again, I, I done did all the things. I done did all the things. And so it, I couldn't understand why my life was not VIP, right? I couldn't understand. I wasn't two kids, the husband and a white picket fence, right? I was dealing with all this other crazy shit. And Janine's death just took it to the other side, you know? And it was like, no more fucking playing games. This life is so fucking short. We lost one. We've lost one. We lost one of our soldiers. And this was a phenomenal soldier too. When she was well. And I had been writing the Black Woman Liberation Formula before Janine's death. I had been writing it for about nine months. You know, I'd pick it up, I'd put it down, pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down, right? There was not a push to like, do it, you know? But I knew I was onto something, but pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. And after Janine's death, it was so crazy. I was able to put it together in like two weeks. And the reason being was I just got that direct message from God in that moment of Janine's death. It's like, I need you to speak to all of the Janines out there. Janine, our fellow uppity black woman soldier, she did the actual physical death. And recall, when I talk about death, I've said, when I'm talking about death, it's spiritual death or actual death. Both of them are terrible. To me, spiritual death is scarier because I am alive and dead. Physical death, actual death, 
I'm dead. Y'all got to deal with my death, right? I'm good. I'm dead, <laughs> right? Spiritual death. I'm still fucking here. That shit's terrifying to me. And God was like, go get them. Go get them. And that was my motivation, right? And, and so again, this was something I had been writing for like nine months. So I just reflect on that, all the shit that was happening in my life this time last year. And it's just beautiful to see where I sit right now, where, I'm, isn't that where I stand right now. And you know, they always say with black women, you know some shit going on in her life at the, of a bitch cut her hair off, <laughs> right? So if you know me personally, you know, my shit is cut off and it's like blonde now. And it's so funny. I have a vision board that I had made in like September of 2021. I mean, it has all these beautiful black women and like pictures of me on the beach and like one of the black women on on the vision board, she has blonde hair, right? And so it's so funny now, I have blonde hair and it's short and it's cut off. So any when you see a sister girl, one day she got hair, next day she ain't got no hair. Some shit she done said, fuck all of this shit. <laughs> shit about to change, motherfuckers. Watch the fuck out. And here it is, a whole year later, a whole year later, a whole podcast later, a whole sort of life change later, a whole perspective later. So I, I look forward to the future. However, what this year has taught me is the incredible importance of preserving your energy, of preserving your energy. And I've said before, you know, like with Janine, I went back and forth in terms of almost beating myself up for not being in communication with her for the last six months of her life. But I had to protect my energy, you know, I had to protect my energy because I have to be able to feed and fuel myself. And there are so many people, places, and things that have the capacity to drain our energies. And so we can't get the shit done that we need to get done for ourselves. Those things that are acts of love for ourselves, you know, those things that would nurture some of those gold mines my fellow sisters are sitting on, right? There is a... um motivational speaker. Some of you guys may have heard of him, Eric Thomas. And I love him. I love Eric because he's a hood nigga. He's from, he's from Detroit. He calls it the D, right? So he called not that D, but the other D, right? He's from Detroit. And I love, I love his speeches. I love his speeches. And there's one, you know, put him in the, in the Google machine called Charge that you really should listen to. And he just talks about how folks have the capacity to drain your energy, right? So you, and they wait for you to like, uh, he called Charge Up, right? They just waiting for you to like, you go take care of yourself. You done charged up and they come suck that shit out of you. And he says, you know, in order to get to the top in life, right? It's not how smart you are, how much money you have. I mean, those things certainly do help, but it is how much energy you have to run that fucking race. How much energy you have. And he tells the folks listening, he's like, people sucking your energy, cut them off. Cut them off, which is really hard to do. Really hard to do, but you can't get to where you're going when you got these folks sucking your fucking energy. And so that has just been so eye-opening in this year, right? Cut the hair off, cut people off, <laughs> podcast, right? It's like, nah, if we want to be great, 
We have to move away from this concept of obligation to people that don't show, that just drain our energy, just drain it in so many ways, either through their, you know, bad decision making, their monetary draining, your emotional draining. You operating at 30, 40% because you, you gave motherfucker 60%. Eric Thomas is like, if you're giving away energy, you better fucking start charging people to start charging people. He says something so profound. He's like, he never turned on the microwave in his house, turn on the light, you know, turn on his computer, pick up the phone. Somebody didn't charge his ass. You get a bill every time you fucking turn the light on. Are you giving these motherfuckers bills that are draining your fucking energy? If they're going to drain your energy, you better start fucking charging them. What Eric Thomas said, he said, I'm a counselor now. This is how much going to cost. So that's the, the reflection for 2022. So I'm stepping into 2023. Like my motto is I don't carry nobody's shit. I don't carry anybody's shit that doesn't fucking belong to me. I am preserving my energy. I am reflecting on what life has shown me thus far. I see where it is that I'm going to go or want to go. God has his own plans. But I have my intentions and my attention set in a specific direction. God is going to help carry me that way. The universe will support me. But I got to maintain my energy to get there. So, my sisters, my uppity Black women, I hope that you have the ability to showcase to yourself as an act of love to preserve your energy and bring forth those gold mines. We're waiting for you. The shit I can't fuck with is being in denial. And denial sometimes can be so great, so great. We start to believe our own lies, like fully and completely. Now that we have stepped into a new year, 2023, which I am super excited about and not for the usual things, right? What do we tell ourselves? We're going to lose that 10 pounds. We're going to make more friends. We're going to eat better. Whatever the usual New Year's resolutions. This year, 2023, I go in with no expectations. However, I do all things with grace and ease. That is my mantra for 2023. It's just grace and ease. Because if it ain't grace and ease, I ain't doing it. And one of the things that I know will not facilitate grace and ease is participating in people's denials, right? Because when you participate in other people's denial, it causes you great consternation and frustration because you're looking at this motherfucker and being like, you believe your own lies? Do you believe your own lies? So why do I begin there today? You've heard me relay the story of my ex-husband's recent accident. Now, for the uninitiated, my ex-husband got into a serious car accident a couple of weeks before Christmas. And this accident in which he was hit on a major roadway while not wearing a helmet hit a car's windshield, flew over the car, and effectively landed on his face. 
the dude should be dead. The dude should be dead. He should be dead. Um, but he's covered. He is covered. The dude is covered by God. Now, prior to this accident, this motherfucker was blocked on my telephone. Cause he an asshole. At the end of the day, he an asshole. And I just refuse to engage with assholes, right? Because assholes cause your blood pressure to rise. And I am super protective of my peace. I'm super protective of my peace. So whereas before I would let this dude rile me up and I'm sweating and my blood pressure is high, my eyeballs pulsating, I don't, I just don't engage in that way anymore. And, you know, because my daughter now is of the age that she has her own cell phone, he does not need to go through me to talk to her or and coordinate with her, right? So the nigga can't be blocked. So the dude was blocked as a form of peace protection for myself. Now, because he was in this accident, the message that I got from God was like, I need to pray for this motherfucker because my ass does not need nor want to be going to a funeral with my 12-year-old. So even though this dude has been terrible to me and quite frankly, terrible to his child in terms of being not emotionally or, you know, quite frankly, financially available for her. I still had to pray for a motherfucker, right? Because at the end of the day, it is still love, right? Love as a human being, love, this is the father of my child, and love that we had a prior connection, right? And then I'll always be connected to this dude because of our child, right? And my child, our child is just an amazing creature, she will change the world. She is changing the world as we speak. And I have to thank this dude for that, right? I would not have produced this child with anybody else, right? Um, couldn't produce this particular child with anybody else. So it's all love. And he's also God's child, even though he's a motherfucker now. He's also God's child. I say this all to say, even though the message from God was pray for a motherfucker, because the dude needs your prayers right now. Lay hands on this motherfucker because the motherfucker needs your hands right now. So I was going to the hospital every day. When he was first hospitalized in the ICU, he was sedated, incapacitated, couldn't respond. So basically asleep, right? And he had to be under sedation because of the level of pain and the surgeries, etc. So I would just go, I would read to him. I'd Reiki him, which effectively is just sending positive energy his way through my hands. And I'd put my hands on his leg, which has a rod in it. So the leg was broken. I put my hands on his head, on his chest, and just send him that good, loving energy. And I am confident sending him that love, again, pure, pure love, even though some might say he didn't deserve my love, but love. That it was integral in this man's, to me, incredibly speedy, miraculous recovery. Like, the nigga should be dead. Like, this dude was riding a bicycle on what is effectively a major roadway. And to me, I would consider it a highway. You know, hits a windshield, flies over a car, and, and lands on his face. So basically, all the bones from the eyebrow to under the jaw were broken. And so he had to have a major facial reconstruction surgery. And post the surgery, they had to wire this motherfucker's jaw. And the irony there is 
Like you can't say shit to this motherfucker without him just sitting back and listening. He has to have a comeback and the comeback is something about you, right? So it's a, it's a deflective, defensive move because you can't tell this nigga shit about himself and why his life is the way he it is at this moment. So post his facial reconstruction surgery, George wider shut. He can only really communicate using this whiteboard. So, you know, Closely after the, the, that surgery, the whiteboard messages were really positive. I love you. I miss you. And like, I'm, I'm going to do better, right? Because we have to take into account or we have to take into consideration rather as individuals why we are where we are, right? So without, you know, given the whole play by play, you know, you got to assess. Yes, the accident is horrible, However, how come we are in this accident, right? So what are all the things leading up to why one would be in such an accident in this particular setting, right? And so, you know, my husband has struggled over the last couple of years, you know, not dealt with his shit, which includes clearly mental health issues and substance abuse issues, right? And so... All of those things led up to like this accident from the perspective, like at present, the dude was uninsured and unlicensed, right? So his options were (laughs) to ride a bicycle to wherever the fuck he was going, okay? And so, you know, fast forward, like day by day, he's getting better in the hospital, stronger, and has the ability to verbalize better. And the doc, even though his jaw is wired shut, the doctors place something like on his throat that effectively allows you to speak, even though your jaw is wired shut, right? So you can move your tongue and make the sounds, right? So I go to see him. This was the day after Christmas. Go with my daughter and I'm in the room and I asked the dude, So, because he's been incredibly evasive over the last six or eight months or so, and I had been relaying this to his people that I thought perhaps he was homeless, right? Because I used to drop my daughter at his apartment, which was about 15 minutes away. And then all of a sudden, like those weekend visits stopped and, you know, sister girl, no, sister girl, no, right? But our people, you know, we also like to be in denial. Because many of the issues that my ex-husband was struggling with are not things that we like to talk about regularly, if at all. And many of us just don't have the tools to deal with things that don't make us look good, right? We are committed to making things neat. And this nigga's life is real messy. So go to see him in the hospital, ask him, so where were you living before this accident? This man said, in his van. I said, okay. And he ends that sentence by saying, in his van, and he was thriving. Yes, he used the word thriving. And I said, how could you be thriving if you're living in a van? And he proceeded to say, the van had heat, It had a bed. I was thriving. I said, you could not be thriving because you were living in your van. That is not thriving, sir. I said, the reason that you are in the hospital is because, sir, you are not thriving. His response was, 
I was, I'm in the hospital because I got into an accident. Yes, you did get into an accident, which has hospitalized you, but all of the things happening in your life, sir, were not thriving things. The reason you were riding your bicycle and subsequently got into an accident was because you were unlicensed and uninsured. So now you have to go through the steps of why are you unlicensed and uninsured? There were a series of decisions you have made that caused you to lose your license and subsequently has caused you to not be able to be insured unless you pay gugads of money to do that. You were evicted from your apartment. That is why you live in a van. Sir, that is not thriving. That is not thriving. So when I said that to him, he started to yell and basically tell me who was I to tell him he was not thriving. And I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, nigga, your ass is in the fucking hospital with your fucking jaw wired shut a rod in your leg, a fucking broken face, and it's the fucking holidays. And you are in here, motherfucker, let me remind your ass. You are in here because your dumb ass ain't got no driver's license, ain't got no insurance, ain't got no motherfucking home. Nigga, to be clear, you are not thriving. So he proceeds to yell. The nurse comes in and is like, ma'am, is everything okay? Is everything okay? His heart rate is going up. I said, bitch, his heart rate is going up. My fucking heart rate is going up because this nigga has the audacity, the audacity to tell my black ass, a bitch who is thriving, that this nigga's thriving. Nurse, are you fucking kidding me right now? You worried about his dumb ass? So... He continues to yell. His heart rate's going up. And so the nurse is like, ma'am, you have to leave. You have to leave. I'm calling security. I am calling security. So this bitch was about to escort my ass out the fucking hospital with security. Now, I done told your asses already. Like, I do healthcare regulatory compliance, okay? The last thing I need is to be getting escorted out some fucking hospital and my name on some motherfucking list, right? Because it's like, this is the business I engage in. So I said, you know, nurse, you don't got to escort my ass out the hospital. I will not be back. And in that moment, in that moment, I heard God say, bitch, I didn't tell you to do all that. All I said was pray for a nigga. I didn't say engage with a motherfucker. I just said pray for a nigga. You want to have conversations as if this nigga is logical? Right before this motherfucking accident, bitch, this nigga was blocked for a reason. For a reason. I didn't say engage with a nigga. I just said pray for a nigga. Bitch. This is this is how me and God talk to each other. This is how we talk to each other. And I was like, yo, duly fucking noted. Duly noted. God was simply reminding me, reminding me, you can love people from afar. You can love people from afar. Boundaries are so important. I'm trying to engage with a motherfucker that just before this accident, you had blocked this nigga from your phone because the vitriol he spewed, the delusion he lived in, you weren't going to co-sign on it. You were not going to co-sign on it. And I refuse, right? So now that I done healed the nigga ass, because I'm going to take that credit, okay? I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Because God needed me to show that brother man love in a time that he needed it, and he received my love. 
That's why the nigga is up and our black asses is not at a funeral during the holiday season. Okay? And that's all he needed from me. So I could showcase him love so he knows that he is deserving of love. And that's it. That's it. See, the thing is, so many of us are trying to participate, engage, keep alive relationships that don't need to be kept alive. Love those people from afar. The energy that it takes to work with that person, to have a logical conversation with that person, to get the person thinking like you do because you know you are are right. But they think that they're right too. And they may be in their own head. Like in it's my eel's head. This nigga is thriving. His definition of thriving is completely different than mine. It is not my job to convince him that his definition is woefully incorrect. I won't convince him. And me trying to convince him is like fighting with someone that is asleep. You are the one that looks crazy. So imagine you in the bed, you, you know, you got something to say to your partner or whoever you know, about all the shit they done did. And this nigga is a like comatose sleeper, right? Like sleep through fire alarms, right? And you're like, blah, 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 right? And so if somebody was to videotape your ass doing that, they're like, this bitch is crazy. She don't see that nigga sleeping. That is exactly, that's exactly how I look trying to convince this dude that he is not thriving. This nigga believe he's thriving. All right, nigga, thrive. But my ass going to be over here. My ass is going to be over here. I don't have to participate in that conversation. I don't have to disturb my peace in order for him to get his point across. Barrier, boundary up. I have done what God sent me to do. And that I know is growth. That's growth. Old Osada would not have been able to do that. I would have been like, fuck you, nigga, dad. Good luck. Good fucking luck. Good luck. Good luck. But I I said my prayers. I send him love. I continue to send him love, but I don't got to engage. I don't got to engage. And that's a lesson for all times. You can love people from afar, but you do not have to engage. You can love people from afar and put up a boundary that protects your peace. And you're not doing it for them. You're doing it as an act of kindness and love for you. For you, for you. And this is how we're stepping into 2023. Had to get that one off my chest, y'all. All right, friends. Until next time. Want to hear more? Follow me on Instagram at Omualux. And that's O-M-U-W-A-L-U-X-E. You can visit us too at omuwalux.com where you can learn more about the Black Woman Liberation Formula and sign up for an upcoming cohort. And for my uppity Black women at your uppity Black women jobs, be sure to read up on the corporate training I provide called Dig Deep and Fail Forward, Training for Business Leaders, where corporate leaders receive substantive tools to turn their one-dimensional spaces to nurturing places for multi-dimensional people.